What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 23. Calling all craft beers. I am Luke. I'm your host. And welcome to the show. So, this is a uh, going to be a fun show. I got a couple, you know, funny things kind of to talk about. So, first we're going to start off like I think this uh, new kind of not necessarily concept, but kind of like um, the way that I'm going to plan plot the shows out going forward is going to be talking about brews first and then kind of going into life and the other fun stuff that we may have to talk about after the fact. So we're going to dive into this week's brews. Definitely some good ones. Um, I uh, kind of finished off the um, the bomb that I picked up last week from Total Wine right before the show. And um, was able to enjoy some of those beers and then actually picked up um, just a shelfie uh, today to kind of get me through the show. And um, But I'm going to go over those, which were pretty amazing. So first one we're going to start with is a Lord Hobo Brewing Company Museum Triple IPA. Now, this is a limited series triple IPA. Um, it's a triple dry hopped IPA, Citra Galaxy and Mosaic Hops, and um, 11% ABV. Let me tell you. This was a monster, you know, just a very good overall brew, really creamy mouthfeel, tons and tons and tons of tropical fruity aroma. You know, the only complaint that I had out of anything is that you kind of lost the aroma very quickly because the head didn't linger. It kind of dissipated. So, but flavor was still there. I got, it was weird, man. Like because it is 11% ABV, with, a, with with higher ABV ABV beers, even IPAs and stuff like that, I tend to nurse them a little bit and let them kind of fluctuate temperature-wise. I'll start them off, you know, cold, and then I'll kind of let them um, settle down to not necessarily room temperature, but probably like right above room temperature before I finish them off. So just to kind of, you know, see if there's any other hidden flavors in there and all kinds of stuff. I didn't get a lot of fruity flavors, Okay the flavors that really kind of hit me, you know, it had a, it had a, a, uh, a really like malty booziness to it. It definitely had like a, a bitterness from the hops. And then the flavors that I really picked up were honey and caramel, which is weird. And, um, I kind of expected more tropical, you know, more fruitiness, especially considering the hop profile, but you know, I'm sure this probably has something to do with the malt and barley profile. Um, that they use specifically in this brew. And I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, I rated it a 4.25 out of five on untapped, which, uh, you know, the only reason I didn't rate it higher is because to be quite honest, I didn't drink the last probably two to three ounces of the beer because there was a significant amount of sediment in the bottom of the can. And it just kind of like freaked me out. So because of that, and I just kind of was like, at the end, I didn't finish the beer. So, had that not happened, it definitely would have rated higher on my um, on my scale there because the flavors were there. I mean, the caramel and the honey was just, I mean, just went right along with that malty booziness and it just finished so well. It was just such a good overall beer. And it's sad that beers like this are limited. <laughs> you know, this is the kind of stuff that I wish I could just walk into my local store and buy. I actually got like a just a huge disappointment today. So I know that I've told you guys taking a sip of my beer there. Um, I know I've told you guys 
kind of like hinted at this uh, ABC going having a rehaul. I mean, an overhaul. The store is just kind of being redone right now, and I got a hint at some of the cool stuff that they're going to have. So, like, their growler and crowler station is almost done. They're finishing the plumbing, but they've already got their initial tap handles in place. And Maple Bacon Coffee Porter from Funky Buddha is one of them, along with a couple others that I'll, you know, kind of hold off and tell you more about once I can actually purchase them. Um, and I have a feeling that the growler and crowler station is really going to be their go-to, is going to be my go-to for this particular location because they basically explained to me that they're keeping probably four coolers of cold shelfy style craft beer and then they're going to literally have one island of craft beer in the store and that's it and if it's anything like what it was today which it may actually be staying that way because it looked like it was set up the way that it was supposed to they had you know almost nothing i mean i ended up picking up a six pack of bell's official hazy ipa only because i hadn't had it yet and um you know it's a eh it's an okay hazy, you know, it's um, it's got a tropicalness to it, nice bitterness from the hops, you know, it's, it's on the lighter side, 6.4% ABV, um, but I did enjoy it, I mean, it's a very crushable, easy to drink IPA, so I'm not going to complain about it, I would have loved to be able to pick up some more Bat Squatch or something like that from Rogue, that was one of my favorites that they've had recently, but they sadly didn't have anything, and a lot of every, you know, they, they had the typical stuff, they had, um, you know, the Worldwide Stout from Dogfish Head, which is 50 bucks for a four-pack, so I was not about to pick that up. A little too, little, little too rich for my blood right now. And um, <clears throat> not that I couldn't buy it, but the wife would kill me. And they still have, like, a, a lot of Raisin D'Extra and um, Backwoods Bastard and KBS. And now the funny thing is, is that I told you guys a couple weeks back, I got KBS four-packs and CBS bottles for $7. They're now back to regular price. They don't have any more CBS bottles, but they have the four packs of KBS now in the fridge, and they're now back up to $24.99 for a four pack of KBS, which is weird. I'm like, they must have gotten new stock in is the only thing I can think of, because I don't under, I don't see why they would have put old four packs back to that price. But anyway, moving on with the beers. So my favorite beer on the night in particular with this one was kind of a, a beer that made up for the... Uh, <clears throat> What the heck was the name of that one? The Lakeshore Fog that I told you guys was sink water from um, Southern Tier was Southern Tier's Nitro S'mores um, Imperial Stout. Good Lord, was this amazing. And the crazy part was it wasn't overly sweet. It wasn't like a crazy sugary, you know, dessert style milk stout. It just had the flavors, man. I mean, the flavors were just... The nose was all chocolate. It was absolutely like you you just take a, a whiff of this beer and you're like, and it's just breathing in brownies. I mean, it's just chocolate in the nose. And then <clears throat> you take a sip and obviously, you know, right off the bat, you've got the, the chocolatey essence that, that kind of cascades over the taste buds. Then you're finishing with a marshmallowy vanilla flavor that has a graham cracker-esque mouthfeel just that woody breadiness to it and i was just like damn i could have used like 30 more of these <laughs> absolutely fantastic 10 percent abv i actually rated this one a 4.75 on untapped it is if it had been um what's the word i'm looking for if it had been a 16 ounce can i would have rated it a 5.0 
but a lot of these companies are just kind of like killing me when everybody right now is going 16 ounce cans and you have a lot of these, you know, um, a lot of these companies that are like, like make up your mind. Okay. If you're going to have beers that are 16 ounces, then make everything 16 ounces. If you're going to, you know, if you're not, if you're going to do a little bit of everything, then pick certain ones and make them because I've seen them 16 ounce. I've seen them 12 ounces. You know, it's like, I I was laughing because we actually went to see, um, Captain Marvel on Thursday night before seeing the Avengers on Friday night. And I, we went to a, um, a movie theater near here that, you know, a lot of movie theaters now are serving alcohol. They have like full bars, you know, whatever. And I went to this, um, I went to walked over to the bar and I just was like, Hey, what's going on guys? And I'm looking at their beer selection and in their display, they had a 16 ounce can of do South caramel cream ale, but in the fridge, there were 12 ounce cans. You know, and I'm like, come on, man, like you're false advertising. I'm like, you're advertising me a 16 ounce can of this beer that had I seen that, I probably would have ordered it. That's one of my favorite beers of all time. And uh, so, but I was not about to pay $7 for a 12 ounce can of caramel cream ale. Just crazy. So I paid $9 for a 20 ounce plastic cup of hop gun from Funky Buddha. So Anyway, but uh, Nitro S'mores Imperial Stout just was amazing. I mean, you guys see this anywhere, pick it up, buy five of them, buy a six pack, buy 10 of them. They're just absolutely an amazing beer. You will not be disappointed. And then the finisher on this particular night was the um, Barrel Age Darkness from Surly. This was a gift from Ross Benick, you know, buddy of mine from Crab Brew Junkies. I actually put together a large bomb for him from Funky Buddha. And uh, shipped that out to him. He, you know, he did purchase those beers um, and sent me the money, and I sent it out to him. And um, as a thank you for kind of doing that, he sent me a Irish milk, an Irish coffee stout from Liftbridge, a Darkness from Surly from 2017, um, just some uh, Russian Imperial stout, and then a Barrel Aged Darkness. Um, Russian Imperial style from Surly from 2018, 12% ABV, super, super dark. You know, this beer, I really enjoyed it because when it comes to stouts like this, that are super, super dark, super, super heavy, have a lot of oakiness or woodiness to them. It was very, very, very whiskey forward. And, you know, once I got down to like the bottom of the bottle and had just a little bit left. It had come up to temperature enough at that point that I got a little bit of a, like a dark chocolatey essence from it. But essentially, the predominant flavor of the beer was whiskey. It was definitely very whiskey forward, but it was a very enjoyable sipper of a, a, of a Russian Imperial style. And we're talking a 22-ounce bottle, you know, nice-sized bottle. So it was, a, um, it was definitely an enjoyable night and an enjoyable sipper on that bad boy. So I rated a 4.0 on Untapped. Probably would have gone a little bit higher had I gotten a little bit more of that chocolatey essence sooner. But um, at that point, I mean, we were, we're we're talking about I was probably 30 minutes into drinking the bottle and I would have expected to kind of have some more of those flavors sooner than that. But still an enjoyable beer. Liked it a lot. Would definitely do it again and encourage any of you guys out there. If you can get your hands on a bottle of Barrel Age Darkness from Surly 2018. That's the only one that I have experience with at this point. 
definitely check it out. <clears throat> um, super amazing. So then we get into what I'm drinking right now, which is today's pickup. This is, um, like I said, the official Hazy IPA from Bell's Brewing. Um, it's not really a, I mean, I guess it is a shelfie, but it's not a shelfie because it is kind of a seasonal brew. Um, this is something that we didn't start getting until like springtime here in South Florida and it's okay. You know, it's, uh, it's not, not really hazy in my opinion. I mean, when you look at it, it has a cloudiness to it is probably how I would express it a little bit better than hazy. You know, when I think of a hazy IPA, I'm also, I'm, I'm almost thinking of like, you know, orange juice or fruit juice or, you know, just something that gives it a, you know, more of a, more of an orangey or yellow or, you know, brownish color with that you can't see through. And I can see my finger, you know, on the other side of the glass through this Bell's um, official hazy IPA. Now, I'm not a hazy IPA snob. I could care less. I'm a huge fan of West Coast style IPAs. You know, I've, I enjoy IPAs in general. Doesn't matter if they've got haze, no haze, doesn't matter. But this tastes more like a, you know, a regular IPA to me. Not a lot of haze to it. It's got a little bit of juiciness. Um, nice bitter snap from the hops, but it's not, you know, it, it is just kind of like a standard, you know, IPA. If I had to rate it, I'd rate it a 3.5, 3.25. You know, something like that. 6.4 on the Richter scale. And, uh, you know, reasonably priced. I think I got a six-pack for $9.99 from, um, from ABC today, which was one of the only new things that they had. They had some Stone Fear movie lines and stuff like that that I've already had. One of my favorite arrogant um, beers, Arrogant Bastard, which is probably going to be my next pickup from them if I head back over there and they don't have anything else new. But I really enjoy it. It's a you know, just good overall crushable easy drinker. 12 ounce cans, so nothing crazy. So let's get into talking about EDCs. Now, some of you guys are probably like, ED, what the fuck is an EDC? Oh, pardon my French. Sorry. That's the uh, the old me coming out. All right. So EDCs are everyday carries. And that can be anything from a handgun to a knife to a bottle opener to um Good grief. I mean, just all kinds of crazy stuff. So I swore to myself when I joined Craft Brew Junkies that I was not going to get involved in this EDC stuff because I'm going to tell you what, some of these things are insane. I mean, some of these EDCs that people buy are, you're talking hundreds of dollars for like a bottle opener, you know, and some of them are really cool. They're made out of titanium. Um, and it's just, you look at them and if they weren't $300, $200, you know, whatever. And it's not, you know, it's not the money. I mean, at this point in time, money, <clears throat> you know, yeah. Would I have a hard time justifying spending 300 bucks on a bottle opener to my wife? Absolutely. But could I afford it? Yeah. But do I want to spend $300 on a bottle opener? Hell no. <laughs> so long story short, um, I had picked up an original, which is, I picked up kind of a, uh, this one is called a, it's called a mini bottle jack. And the one that I picked up, I actually purchased this off of Amazon and it's from a company called Titan EDC and it is, <clears throat> um, and it is like a knockoff of 
some other ones that are made out there from some people and it doesn't have any logos on it or anything. It's completely blank. You know, it's only about um, an eighth of an inch thick, <clears throat> but it works perfectly open in bottles. I've never had any issues with it. And, you know, it's ultimately has a finger hole in it. And then it has an, a cap end that you would pop the bottle cap off with. And like I said, it's about an eighth of an inch thick. It's made out of titanium. And I think I paid about 20 bucks for it. So nothing crazy, but as my first one, I didn't want to spend a lot of money on it. Um, <clears throat> and I wanted to check it out and see like, what is, is, is it worth it? Like, what is the big deal with this thing? And I'll be honest with you, I use this one quite frequently, you know, but it is essentially a bottle opener. There's no other use to it. It doesn't have any other function whatsoever. Now, fast forward to today. So there is a gentleman out there or a, you know, um, a website and a company out there by the name of Koch Tools. Now, this gentleman is very highly well-known in the uh, in the um, EDC um, realm or world. And his website is kochtools.us, uh, kochtools.com. And there, his stuff is highly sought after. You know, this guy has... What I really, really wanted was a cap lifter, it's called, <clears throat> um, or one of his POS tools, which is a um, pry of sorts, and it's literally kind of just like a little bottle opener with a pry bar on the end of it, and the cool thing about these little tools is that you can hang them on your keychain, and they serve multiple functions, so a lot of them are made out of titanium or aluminum, and they might be funky colored or have you know different um, finishes on the metal, <clears throat> like the specific one that I got. Um, it's like a bronzed, you know, finish on the metal, which is pretty cool. So I actually picked up what's called a Duo X. So he has three versions of this particular model called the Duo. He has the original Duo, the Duo 2, the Duo Deuce is called, and then the Duo X, which is the last one. And what this actually has is you've got a hook. So you can hang on a belt loop. You've got a bottle opener. You've got a... Um, You've got a pry bar, which essentially what most people will use a pry bar for um, is not to actually pull nails out or anything crazy like that. Most people use the pry bars to open cans. So it's to pop up the tab on a can, and then it has a um, it has a loophole, um, a lanyard hole in it, so you can put a lanyard through it with one of the little lanyard beads that a lot of people collect as well. And then it has a, a bit that has a Phillips end and a flathead end, and then it has a, a hexagonal hole that's built into it that you can actually put the bit in there, and then it has a gripper piece that you can actually use it kind of as a screwdriver if you needed to unscrew something or tighten something or loosen something or whatever the case may be. So it serves multiple purposes, and it's cool. I like it. It's heavy. It's made out of titanium. It is, and it just it's very well made. I mean, just the, the, the craftsmanship and the manufacturing on it is absolutely fantastic, you know, in, and will I ever use it? I don't know. <laughs> um, I, it's one of those things where it's like, did I really need it? Hell no. It was 75 bucks and $75 for a small little piece of metal that looks really cool that I can take pictures with is probably a huge waste of money and I probably will never use it. But um, I don't know that. And if I actually put effort in and say, okay, I'm going to carry it and I put it on my keychain or I do whatever with it and keep it with me, then chances are it will get used 
And for 75 bucks, I really hope <laughs> that I end up using it. But it's cool, and I, re- I enjoy it. And it's the weird thing is, is that even though I know in my heart that I'm probably not going to use it very often, it is kind of like lit the flame, you know, inside me where now I'm like checking the site daily to see when something new pops up. And I actually found another site that has the pry bar, the, the pry of sorts, the POS tool that he had that I wanted in black. And they have it for $49, which is crazy because he sells it for a lot more expensive on his site. And I almost wanted to reach out to him and ask him, like, is this real? Like, is it okay for me to order from these people or are they trying to rip me off? Um, but I think I'm just going to keep an eye on his site and hopefully when something new comes out, I'll jump on it. So, uh, but there are people who have hundreds of these things. I mean, I've seen, I've seen guys on crap brew junkies that will post up like a ta- an entire tabletop full of them. And I mean, everything from, you know, you have, um, what are these things called? The... It's like the the Hawaiian hook, but I forget the name of it, to like deer heads, to pigs, to dragon heads. You know, Will, um, Will Clue, who's one of the, um, who's one of the moderators and or admins on Craft Brew Junkies actually makes these really cool dragon heads. And I would love to get my hands on one of them. And he makes them out of multiple different materials, titanium, aluminum, plastic, you know, all kinds of cool stuff. Some of them glow in the dark. And they're cool, you know, and you look at them and it's kind of like one of those things that as guys, we just collect shit. And I don't know, you know, is it worth it? Probably not in the long run. Can I turn around and sell this thing for any type of a profit? Seriously doubt it. But what's crazy is that I did come across some ads like on eBay and stuff selling like Koch cap lifters and, you know, a couple other things for crazy amounts of money, like $300. And that's like four times what it goes for on his, on his website. So I'm just going to finish that bad boy off. So it's just nuts to see like the demand and what people pay for this kind of stuff. And the craftsmanship is amazing. And a lot of these guys, they don't just make these little EDC carry tools. They also make knives and all kinds of stuff like that, which is really cool. Some of them even make like um, brass knuckles, you know, or, you know, brass like knuckles. Some of them, they're like just two knuckle ones, which are really cool. And, um, Do I see myself ever buying any of those? Probably not. (laughs) But in the long run, hey, there's an entire industry, an entire group of people that are huge fans of this, that are devoted to it. So much so that these guys will drop, you know, will do a drop on a new product and it's sold out within like an hour of their drop going out. So obviously it's crazy. It's almost as nutty as like can drops and stuff like that for breweries. So, but enough of the fun stuff. Let's get into my rant for the week. So... All right, first things first, I'm mad at myself enough, so I don't need no feedback from you punks giving me a hard time, (laughs) and I'm being totally facetious and kidding about that, but back when I was out of work and things were really tight, um, I, I ended up putting two tires on my Jeep at Walmart, you know, and of all places, I went there because they had the cheapest possible tires that I could find, um... It ended up costing me like, you know, 200 and uh, I think it was like $240 for an oil change and two tires installed on the front of my Jeep. And I just did the two tires because the back ones were still okay. And the two front tires actually had metal cords showing on the edges. So I said, you know what, it's time. And I didn't want my daughter driving the car. So it was time to get it done. So I found the tire, 68 bucks a piece. By the time 
mounting balancing and I got an oil change while I was there because I needed that as well it was 240 bucks my car takes synthetic oil so I did a mobile one oil change and it cost me 240 for all that the dealership it was going to be like 500 and I checked a couple other like local places like Tire Kingdom and stuff like that and it was going to be 300 you know 320 and so Walmart was the cheapest significantly now rewind I was a mechanic for 20 years I owned my own shop for almost 10 years Yes, I know I should not have brought my car to Walmart. So before I even tell you this story, um, know that it was necessity only was the reason why I ended up at a Walmart. And the tires that I bought there were only available at Walmart. They're actually called Douglas Tires. The brand is only available through Walmart, which is the only reason why I went back a second time. So let's, let's start with my visit January 24th. So my visit January 24th, when I got the two tires replaced, I was there for about an hour and a half and I'm eating breakfast and I'm just the, the Walmart that I go to for this specific um, type of work. There's only a couple around here that actually have the auto center anymore. So I got to travel a little bit of ways down to Miami to get it. And they have a McDonald's in the Walmart. So I'm sitting at McDonald's eating breakfast, have my laptop, I'm working and I get a phone call from a 305 number. So of course I answer and it's a mechanic and he's like, hey, you know, I just want to let you know that we can't do your tires. You're going to have to take them somewhere else. Take your car somewhere else. And I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean? I've been here for like almost two hours and you just call calling me now and telling me you can't do my tires? Like, why can't you do my tires? What the hell's wrong with my tire, with my car? And he's like, no, it has nothing to do with that. It's, you know, I had an issue with one of your lug nuts on your rear wheel. And because our policy is that we have to put the new tires on the back, I need to be able to remove your rear wheels in order to get your tires on in order to rotate the tires to the back and I can't get one of the lug nuts out on your rear tire. So I haul ass back there, you know, completely the other end of the store and, you know, someone, and obviously at this point, I'm just Joe customer to them. They have no idea who I am, what I've done, you know, what the deal is, nothing. So long story short, I get there and, uh, I walk around the corner and the guy's like, yeah, you know, you see this? And he shows me the chrome cap. Now, the lug nuts on my Jeep are 17 millimeter chrome cap um, wheel bolts. They're like kind of like BMWs or, you know, the what they did with the new Jeeps because they're made by Fiat is it's actually a wheel bolt. They don't ha- It doesn't have a stud with a lug nut. It has a wheel bolt. So it actually, you know, threads into the hub itself. So he's what this idiot has done is if you guys know anything about millimeters, you know, Imperial, blah, 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 you know, standard versus metric, blah, 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 all that crap. The lug nuts are 17 millimeters, okay? This guy's using an 1116 socket, which if you know anything about the conversion, it's about 17.5 millimeters for an 1116 socket. So the concern there is he, in essence, messed up my lug nut, my, you know, wheel bolt, because especially the ones that have a chrome cap, you have to use the exact size If you don't, then you risk damaging the chrome cap, which makes it harder to get it off. And what he did is he actually pulled the chrome cap off completely. So funny story is when the chrome cap pops off, the bolt underneath is 16 millimeter. So I'm standing there staring at the 16 millimeter wheel bolt going, do you have a 16 millimeter socket? No. What do you mean you don't have a 16 millimeter socket? Well, I mean, somebody might, but I don't have one. So nobody here has a 16 millimeter socket so you can take that bolt out. It's not 16 millimeter. I've tried multiple sizes and it doesn't work. It's not, there's, it's no size because it's meant to have that cap on it. 
let me explain something to you. <laughs> There's a one millimeter size difference between the chrome capped lug nut and this raw steel lug nut underneath. It's 16 millimeter. One of the other mechanics overheard me, walked over, handed the guy a 16 millimeter socket. He slaps it on the impact gun, puts it on there. Whoop, bolt comes right out. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. No problem. Well, you're going to have to get a new lug nut. All right. That's fine. No problem, dude. I'll get a new lug nut. So they changed my tires. I go on my business. And the um, the back two tires were in really good shape. So they ended up lasting, you know, quite a few more months. Like I said, this was back in January. And I just went back, um, I want to say, I guess it was Wednesday of this past week, to get the other two. And the only reason, the only reason I went back to Walmart is because I am a fanatic when it comes to making sure tires match and stuff like that and i wanted to make sure that i got the same tire so all four matched on the car i am not i won't i refuse unless i absolutely can't get the other tires to have two different sets of tires on my car i'm just anal like that so go back to walmart and pull up let me have my other two tires no problem so i go again have breakfast and um i'm hanging out walking through the store looking at stuff i mean i got there about eight I think I, I think when I checked in and actually signed the paperwork it was eight thirteen. Okay, so nine thirteen, ten thirteen, eleven thirteen, about eleven twenty, I get a phone call, and as soon as I saw the three hundred five number, I was actually on the phone with somebody else for work, and when I see the three hundred five number, I immediately knew that it was a store calling me, and I was just I was literally standing right outside the door for the auto the auto care center, and I go back inside and I walk up. And the lady recognized me. She's like, yeah, he's right there. So the, I don't know if this guy's a manager or just one of the like service writer people or what. I don't know. I still to this minute, like don't know exactly who he was, but he's like, hey, come with me. Okay, no problem. So I go with him. Again, knowing that we're probably going to have an issue with the lug nuts. Because when I had come in and talked to the woman, when I dropped the car off, I told her, please make sure, excuse me, please make sure that they use 17 millimeter sockets on my lug nuts. Because last time I came here, the guy tried to use 11 16ths and he ended up messing up one of my lug nuts. It doesn't work and need, they need 17 millimeters. And she was like, okay, no problem. I'll write it on the, I'll write it on the work order. Well, apparently that didn't happen. So I get in there and this mechanic is like telling the guy how one of the front, which is now where the tires are being replaced. One of the front lug nuts is messed up and he can't get it off. So I'm like, like, you gotta be kidding me. You know, so I look at it and, you know, sure enough, it's a, it's pretty beat the shit. And the frustrating part for me was that he swears now at this point that it wasn't him who damaged the lug nut. So he's basically, you know, blame, blaming it on his buddy from the previous time, you know, saying that he must have. And the funny part is the mechanic that was working on my car this time was the one who handed the guy the 16 millimeter socket last time. I don't forget a face. So he, uh, we, we kind of like have this little like comical argument back and forth for a little bit. And I'm like, listen, dude, I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. I'm like, just get a, you know, because the, the Chrome cap is now pushed back a little bit, just get a slightly oversized socket. The funny, funny enough, I was like the 11 16th will probably work now because it's going to bite into the, the ridges that have been made on the, the Chrome cap and it'll probably pull it right out. And he's like, I can't do that. I'm like, what do you mean you can't do that? Like, you guys do tires. Like, what do you mean you can't do that? 
I'm sorry, I can't do that. I'm not going to risk, you know, damaging your vehicle or hurting your wheel or doing something like that. And I'm like, so what do you, like, every time you have an issue like this, which I'm sure happens a lot because I see some pretty, you know, crappy cars in here, you literally just send the people on their way? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. So at that point, I'm talking with this other gentleman that actually brought me back there, and the mechanic kind of got frustrated and walked away. And mind you, the other three wheels were already off the car. This was the last one, and... I'm kind of standing there like, okay, and I'm looking at the guy like, what are we going to do? And he's like, well, let me talk to the manager, find out what the manager wants to do. If you're saying that we did it, then, you know, we'll probably, what we'll probably have to do is we'll probably have to send it over to Tire Kingdom and have them take the bolt off and then we'll pay whatever the difference is, you know, for them to fix it. And then we'll do the tires. And I'm like, well, can I ask you a funny question? And he's like, sure. And I'm like, when I got here at eight o'clock this morning, I was told an hour to an hour and a half was my wait time. It's been three hours, and I'm just now being told about this issue. So I've been here for like three, almost three and a half hours now at this point. And uh, he's like, all right, let me get the manager on the phone. I'll get it taken care of. I'm sorry you've been here so long. You know, we apologize. Okay, no problem. So he comes back inside about 10 minutes later, and he's like, I finally got a hold of my manager because he's not actually in the building right now. He's uh, He doesn't come in until 12. He was like, he gave me two options. He said, either you can, we can put it all back together and you can take the vehicle over to Tire Kingdom and whatever they charge you, you know, to take the lug nut off or whatever, we'll reimburse you for it or we'll just take it off your bill. <clears throat> that way, you know, it doesn't cost you anything extra. And then when you come back, we'll put you right back in. Like we won't make you wait in line behind everybody else or whatever, or you can pull it outside and we'll give you permission. You know, we'll give you tools if you need them and you can take it off yourself. And I was like, no problem. I'll take it off myself. And he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, no problem. He's like, all right, we'll literally pull it right out here in front of the front of the bay. All right, cool. So the mechanic <clears throat> takes 35 minutes now from this point forward to reinstall the other three tires, goes one by one and retorques every lug nut and then backs the car out and proceeds to tell me that he has to take the next customer So he's going to put my car on the other side of the parking lot and I can work on it over there. What do I need? And I'm like, dude, the guy just told me you would pull it out right here. If you give me five minutes, I will have this lug nut off. He's like, nah, man, I can't do that. And I'm like, he's like, because I got to take the next customer. And I'm like, that's not what this other guy just told me. I don't know if he's your manager or whatever. So I'm kind of rambling on here. But long story short, I get the 1116 socket. I get an extension, a hammer and a breaker bar. And in less than two minutes, I have the lug nut off. And another mechanic now, apparently because the other guy got offended by me or whatever, even though I wasn't mean to him or whatever, I just spoke the truth, pulls the car in and gets to work on it. I'm like, all right, cool, finally. So it's now 12 o'clock at this point. So I'm on the phone with a colleague talking about some stuff, watching the car, and it's just sitting there, and it's just sitting there, and it's just sitting there, and it's just sitting there. And another 45 minutes go by before somebody actually starts working on it again. So now it's 1245. I've been there four hours and 45 minutes. I got there, well, four hours, four and a half hours. I got there at, like I said, checked in at 813 and it's now 1245. So I'm just getting hotter by the minute, you know, frustrated, steamy, you know, whatever. I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to relax, let time go by. You know, it is what it is. So finally at one, around 1.30, I get the call that the car's done. No big deal. 
go over there, talk to the guy. And he's like, hey, you know, for all the inconvenience, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go ahead and take off two of the rotations because they don't just charge you like $9.99. Well, technically that's what it is, but they don't just charge you like 10 bucks for a rotation, even though it's their policy to rotate my tires because I just wanted the front tires replaced and the ones on the back were fairly new. They've only been on the car a couple months, so there was really no reason they needed to rotate my tires. So it's kind of like just one of those ways that they can get another 10 bucks from you. And uh, I'm not going to charge it for rotating two of the tires. So after all this inconvenience, five and a half hours of my time, he gives me $5 off my bill. (laughs) Now, dude, I am, you know, I want you all to know that I am not one to complain. I mean, I've gone out, dude, I went to a sushi place the other day and the, the waitress brought me my food and there was a huge hair in my sushi. I just took the hair out and ate my food. Okay, that's the kind of person I am. I am not someone to argue, fuss, fight, try to get discounts. But considering the fact that this is the second time that they clearly damaged my lug nuts, they pulled my car out. I had to take it off myself. I know it didn't take me long, but I had to service the car myself and then give it back to them and then wait another hour and a half for them to finish my car. I was expecting something, you know, I was expecting 25 bucks off. You know, whatever. I'll be honest with you. If they would have given me $20 discount, I would have been perfectly happy and would have went about my business, not said a word. But for the first time in years, I wrote a letter to corporate. (laughs) And uh, I think it's funny. So I'm going to read you the letter that I wrote to corporate on the show because I think it's hilarious. And it was pretty funny. All in all, the whole entire situation. And I wasn't, and dude, at no point in time was I mean to the guys. Did I treat anybody disrespectfully? Did I yell at anyone? I never even raised my voice. I never got angry. Nothing. I literally just, you know, smiled and nodded and dealt with it and was just like, ah, you know, it is what it is. I am not going to give anybody a hard time. These guys are just here working, trying to make money like everybody else. There's no point in me arguing, fussing, and fighting with anybody. So I just let it be. I didn't you know, cause a scene. I even told the guy, I was like, look, I do not want to get this mechanic in trouble because it is not his fault. You know, he is not the one who worked on my car and I want, or he is not the one who damaged my lug nuts unless, you know, he, at least he tried to say he didn't damage the, the second one that was damaged when I came in, but I don't have any proof otherwise. So more than likely it was probably the first guy last time that did it. And, um, so I didn't want this guy getting in trouble. And I certainly, you know, I didn't want anybody potentially losing their job or being upset or being frustrated over, um, over something stupid with my, you know, with my car. But here's the, the email that I wrote to corporate Walmart. So start off. I visited the auto center at Walmart number zero three, three, one, one in Miami gardens today to have two tires replaced on my 2017 Jeep Renegade. I'm not upset with the mechanic that worked on my car today. And I want that made clear. However, I came in back on January 24, 2019 and had the first two of the four tires replaced and the mechanic stripped one parentheses or quotations of my lug bolts. I know this because he called me and said he could not do the tires because he couldn't get the wheel off. When I arrived to check it out, I immediately noticed that he was using an 1116 socket instead of a 17 millimeter. My lug bolts require a 17 millimeter socket because they are chrome cap bolts solid lugs you can get away with using the slightly larger 11 16 but in this case that difference approximately 0.5 millimeter causes the chrome caps to be damaged and results in either the cap coming off or being damaged which makes removal difficult in that case simply using a 16 millimeter socket would remove the lug bolt 
Uh, in that case, on January 24th, 2019, I explained to him that since the chrome cap had come off completely, that simply using a 16 millimeter socket would remove the lug bolt. After a few minutes of telling me I was wrong and one of the other mechanics, one of the other mechanics came over and handed him a 16 millimeter socket of which he proceeded to remove the lug bolt with minimal effort and little and a little surprise. See, I was an ASC certified master mechanic for 20 years and I actually owned my own hot rod shop for 10 years until I retired <clears throat> and moved on. So I know a little bit about the subject. Fast forward to today. I came in and I was not aware that the same gentleman from January 24th had also stripped one of the lug bolts on the front right wheel. So when the mechanic today attempted to remove it, he had an issue and was concerned because he didn't want to cause any additional damage even after I gave him permission to remove it. Which, hey, I understand the mechanic's apprehension and I don't fault him for being concerned for his employment. However, after waiting three hours, I was given two options. Either I could take the vehicle over to Tire Kingdom and see if they could get it off after being told these guys didn't have the right tools or they couldn't or or they could pull it outside and I could do it myself. So, of course, I decided to do it myself. Borrowing two sockets, a hammer and a breaker bar, I was able to remove the wheel lug myself in minimal time. Shortly thereafter, they pulled my vehicle back inside and put the tires on. So after waiting four and a half hours for two tires, I was quote that I was quoted one to one and a half hours tops for when I checked in at 8.13 a.m. I had to remove my own wheel lug bolt that was damaged by your team, wait excessively long, and then drive to AutoNation Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram to purchase two new lug bolts to replace the damaged ones caused by your team, using the incorrect socket size on them. Granted, they only cost me a whopping $9, but after all this, the gentleman I had dealt with simply took off two tire rotations for my bill, which was 5 bucks. I'm not normally one to ask for a discount, but I think it was warranted in this case, and quite frankly, I was insulted. So, that's my <laughs> message to Walmart, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's frustrating to me, and I, and I have to kind of laugh, you know, because... When you work on one, if I find there's one thing that I learned over the years of working on people's cars is that if you can't do something, don't do it. You know, if if you if you are not, you better be able and willing to do anything and everything necessary in a circumstance where accidents happen, things break. You better be able to fix it, or you shouldn't be doing it. And what I mean by that is that if somebody's going to bring their car to Walmart to get tires put on and to get an oil change to do whatever, let's say they strip out a drain plug on, on somebody's engine, they better be able to fix it. Let's say you strip a lug bolt, you better be able to fix it. These are all things that are inherent and come along with this particular type of service. And if you're unable to make basic repairs, then you shouldn't be doing it at all. You know, that's like to make somebody wait five hours for two tires is absolutely ludicrous. I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. Now, I could understand if I would have got there and there was 20 people waiting in front of me and I chose to wait. That's my fault. But I was literally there was one person in front of me when I got there at eight o'clock in the morning, you know, and she told me when I checked in that it would be an hour to an hour and a half tops. So three, four hours longer than that is a hell of a lot more than what most people would be willing to wait for. So, like I said, I don't complain a lot, but I was absolutely frustrated because it's just like, come on, like, give me a break here. You know, if you can't do your job, then don't do your job. And I mean that with the utmost sincerity. You know, if you're going to take you're going to bring cars in and, and attempt to make repairs. Then if some you better be ready to fix it if something breaks. 
I mean, I'm not even going to tell you guys how many times over the years that I had shit happen where a bolt would get stripped or a nut, you know, or a, or, or a nut would get lost or whatever. I mean, some stuff happens. We're all human beings. We're people. And you got to figure out how to fix it. And you got to figure out how to do it correctly so that it's just as good as OEM or better. And you got to be able to do it when you're pressed for time. And that's just the nature of being a mechanic. And if you can't do that, then you shouldn't be in that position. And I understand that in a lot of cases, I guarantee you, it's not the mechanics. It's the rules and regulations that places like Walmart set in place that, you know, these guys, these poor guys have probably gone through stuff like that before and been, you know, hurt over it. Who knows? I mean, it could be simply that, you know, the guy did something like this before and he got charged for the repairs made to the car. Who the heck knows? I have no clue. But it's just ridiculous, you know, that their policies are in place to basically screw the customer over versus just fix the car and move on. So in light of all this madness and tomorrow being Mother's Day, I just wanted to finish off with three things. First things first, guys, I'm a slacker. So um, Andrew and, you know, my other buddy that I owe the bombs to, I have all your beers Half of them are packaged and ready to go. I ran out of packing materials and I have not had the opportunity to go pick those up. And yes, despite everything, I spent five hours at Walmart on Wednesday and could have easily walked over and bought the stuff that I needed while I was there. But I was so absent-minded and angry and frustrated at the whole situation. And I was literally working the entire time that I was there that I just slipped my mind completely that I was in the place where I could physically go and buy plastic bags and buy the bubble wrap that I needed to be able to finish packing the rest of these beers. And since then, I've been utterly slammed and had not had the opportunity to be able to run and go pick up the materials that I need to get the to get the two boxes out. So please don't hate me. I'll finish getting these things packed up over the next couple days and get them out this week to you guys ASAP. And um, it's just crazy with everything that I have going on right now, getting my kids, kid getting prepared for graduation, prom, you know, two other ones is about to be the end of the school year, camp's coming up and work is just crazy right now. So not good excuses, horrible excuses, but I want you guys to know that you are my priorities for this week to make sure that this gets taken care of and that I get your two bombs out of the way. And I feel even worse because today on my doorstep lands a bomb from my buddy Drew Butler out in California, um, Mr. Pretzel Pros himself. He actually sent a package out for my wife. Guys, there's people that are, there's good people. And then there's people that just go above and beyond and they're just great and fantastic. And Drew, buddy, you're, you're just one of those like huge hearted, amazing people that I love you, but at the same time, I feel horrible because I have not even sent you anything back, you know, since the first bomb that you sent me. And I feel like horrible that I haven't, you know, sent anything back out to you. And just so everybody knows, I haven't sent anything back out to Drew because he told me not to, not because I'm just a scumbag and didn't want to send him back anything. We kind of made a deal that in lieu of me sending him back beer bombs that I would make my way out to California and actually hang out with him, which is going to be happening very soon. My boss actually moves to California May 27th. And he said after about two or he wants like two or three weeks to get settled. And then I'll be heading out 
to uh, do some photo shoots and possibly some videos while I'm there. So hopefully I'll be out there for three or four days. And of that time, I would love to be able to um, have at least one of the evening that I'm able to hang out with Drew and, you know, just spend some time with my buddy and eat some pretzels and drink some beers and just get to, you know, enjoy each other's time for a little bit. So that was our deal that we made that in lieu of me returning fire um, bomb wise to him, that I would get my ass out there to California so that I could see him. And that is definitely going to happen sometime soon. I just hope that he's in town because I know one of the conversations that we've had is possibly around the time that my boss is having me out there. He may be out of town. And if that's the case, then I am bringing a suitcase full of beer. And if I have to ship it from my hotel just so that it gets to his house in California, I'm going to make sure that I return the favor because this guy has been one of those people that just has gone gone above and beyond for me. And I greatly appreciate it. And then to have this today where, you know, he sends a package for my wife. I'm probably going to end up drinking the beers. Love you, buddy. But she's just not a beer person. Um, She does drink like Miller Lite, Bud Light. So I'm hoping, you know, that I I know he's probably heard me say that before. So I could be wrong. And he may, it may not even be beer. Maybe he sent her out Miller Lights. Maybe he sent her out, you know, Michelob Ultras. I don't know. And we'll find out when we open it when she gets home from work today. But um, I greatly, greatly appreciate it. All you guys are amazing. Andrew, thank you so much. I know you were on vacation this week, buddy. I hope you listened to the show and you enjoyed your vacation. I'll get that box out to you um, next this coming week. Um, along with, uh, again, Craft.Beer. I keep forgetting your first name, but I will get that out to you as well. And I know those of you that listen to the show have all heard. This is probably like the fifth show that I've said. I'm getting these bombs out to these guys. And I feel like an idiot, but it just, you know, there's no good excuse other than poor time management and just having so much going on and three kids that monopolize my time. And um, it took me long enough just to be able to get the bombs together and now just to get them together, package them, you know, and I don't know about you guys, but I am meticulous when I pack my bombs. Um, You can ask um, anybody who's received anything from me that I Every, you know, every single beer is wrapped and, and, and padded and, and packaged to perfection because the last thing I want is to have anything arrive broken, especially after having the experience of losing three bombs via USPS and costing me over $500 in beer bombs going out that came back destroyed. But mind you, these were not these were not bombs that were simply dropped or you know, um, stacked inappropriately. I mean, the, all three of these that I received back look like they had been run over or something crazy. I mean, who the heck knows? Maybe they fell out of a bin in the warehouse and a forklift ran them over or a truck ran them over. I don't know, but they were severely damaged to the point of like multiple containers smashed and broken on both. Like I had bottles broken on both ends and that doesn't happen in the package when it's properly wrapped and put together the way that it's supposed to be. So again, I thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed it. I tried to be a little bit calm about the whole car thing and not go off on like this crazy tedious rant, but it is what it is. Cars suck. Walmart, you suck. I hope you send me a hundred dollar gift card in the mail or refund me all my money. Otherwise I will never shop at that store again. And I mean this wholeheartedly. I don't mean Walmart in general, but I mean that particular Walmart. And I will certainly never go back to Walmart for auto care ever again, despite the fact that they have like the cheapest full synthetic oil change out right now, $39.99 for a mobile one oil change is incredible because the oil itself off the off the shelf isn't even that cheap. So how they're able to do that, I don't know. Um, but I will not go back and I encourage you guys to do the same. So craft 
Calling All Crap Beer, episode 23. Later.